From the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast. It is Friday, February 17th, 2023. For the Ohio News Network, I'm Kate Burdett. Today marks two weeks since a train carrying toxic chemicals derailed in East Palestine, 20 miles south of Youngstown. Governor Mike DeWine provided an update on the situation today. He says air monitors that are positioned around town are coming back clean. He also says the town's drinking water is safe, but well water users should still drink bottled water and have their private well tested. As for people who say they are getting sick. We are now going to establish a clinic in East Palestine. Uh, This is a clinic that will be established by the Ohio Department of Health. We will get assistance and help from HHS. They plan to begin seeing patients early next week. He says the clinic's location and other information will be available at ema.ohio.gov slash East Palestine. Yesterday, United States Environmental Protection Agency Administrator Michael Regan visited East Palestine and had this message for residents. I am asking that they trust uh, the government, uh, and that's hard. We know that there is a lack of trust, which is why the state and the federal government have pledged to be very transparent. At least five lawsuits have been filed against Norfolk Southern, the rail company responsible for the train derailment, including one by the largest injury firm in the U.S. An attorney with Morgan & Morgan says his clients are already suffering from health issues like nausea, headaches, and skin blisters, and that the train company needs to be held accountable. Communities on the Ohio River, downstream from the derailment site, are closely monitoring water quality. In West Virginia, samples were collected Wednesday from Parkersburg to Ravenswood, a 35-mile stretch, and officials say the water is safe. The National Groundwater Association is based in the Columbus suburb of Westerville, where Ben Freck is the regional policy manager. ONN's Tracy Townsend talked with him about the situation in East Palestine. We did ask them if they believe the government's claim about the water being safe to drink. People get scared when scary things happen. And that's not going to change. Um, If for any reason um, you're hesitant about drinking your water, I'm not going to tell people to drink water they're scared of. That's not my place. Um, But at the same time, I have no reason to believe that the EPA is um, giving any false information or that their tests are not right. I'm Tracy Townsend. The family of a man fatally shot by a Columbus police officer has filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the officer and his colleagues. Four other officers were named in the lawsuit, filed by the family of Donovan Lewis. They were all at Lewis's apartment back in August, attempting to serve a warrant when Lewis was shot. The family also wants the officer who fired the shot to be criminally charged. Rex Elliott is the attorney representing the family. We all know what happened here. There just doesn't, and we we were patient. We said investigate, do your investigation, that's fine. But here we sit in the middle of February, Um, without anything having been done. This police officer has not been disciplined, and there has been absolutely no movement in the criminal process either. Lewis was shot while in bed. A vape pen was found, but no weapon was recovered. An Akron police officer is on leave after he was charged with 21 felony counts of pandering obscenity involving minors. 32-year-old officer Michael Dillon was arrested by members of the Canton Police Department on Tuesday night. According to the Akron Beacon Journal, he's accused of creating obscene material by filming two different minors in states of nudity. Dillon had been working for the Akron Police Department for 15 months. According to the department, he was immediately placed on administrative leave with pay per departmental policy and according to the union contract, 
pending a criminal indictment. Cleveland police want to find the person who fired shots Wednesday morning outside of Collinwood High School on the city's northeast side. ONN's Laura Queso has more. This happened during the school day. CMSD officials tell us that the school was placed under a lockdown during part of the school day. Officials also tell us that they think that a student outside may have been a target of the shooting. That student made it into school and was not hurt. CMSD Cleveland officials and police are now investigating that incident. I'm Laura Queso. Police in Columbus say a 15-year-old took a gun to Eastmore Academy High School yesterday and that they were alerted by an anonymous tip. ONN's Tino Ramos reports. Police say security teams at the school were able to actually hold the student, but he later escaped from an office, leaving his backpack behind. And it's there where they found a semi-automatic handgun, and it was loaded. Uh, police then searched the student's home, but they weren't able to locate him. They are continuing the search. At least eight students have been found to have guns in Columbus City School buildings this year. They have increased their security measures here. Some 60 metal detectors have gone into the high school I'm Tino Ramos. A group of Ohio doctors and abortion rights advocates are pushing to put the issue of abortion on the ballot this November. ONN's Angela Ann explains. If passed, their measure could protect abortion rights in the Ohio Constitution. Now, the group Ohio Physicians for Reproductive Rights is joining a coalition with Planned Parenthood, the ACLU, and Pro-Choice Ohio. They say they're still working on the language before sending the proposal to Attorney General Dave Yost. But right now, abortion is allowed up until 22 weeks of pregnancy in our state. Governor Mike DeWine's so-called heartbeat law would ban abortion once a fetal heartbeat can be detected and that's as early as six weeks into pregnancy. There is a hold on the law, though, while it's being argued in court. I'm Angela Ann. The CDC is out with its weekly color-coded map of COVID transmission. ONN's Dave James reports. For the fourth straight week, Lawrence County in southern Ohio, which includes the city of Ironton, is the only county in Ohio in the red for high transmission rates. 17 counties are yellow for medium, they're located mostly in northeastern, west, central, and southern Ohio. And the remaining 70 counties are green for low transmission. Dave James, in News. It's breeding season for coyotes, meaning they are more active and residents of towns around Ohio are reporting more sightings of the wild animals on their property. That includes Hudson in northeast Ohio and Kettering and Lebanon in southwest Ohio. The Ohio State University is receiving a historic gift. ONN's Yolanda Harris in Columbus has more. Well, the man made OSU history with the biggest donation the university has ever seen. The Timoshev Family Foundation gave $110 million to the school. That money will establish the Center for Software Innovation. Now, the donor is an OSU grad, a businessman, and a member of the University Foundation's Board of Directors. I'm Yolanda Harris. And Cleveland Heights native Travis Kelsey, a tight end for the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, is hosting Saturday Night Live on March 4th. Kelsey caught a touchdown pass in the game. Special thanks to our affiliates, WKYC-TV in Cleveland, WTOL-TV in Toledo, and WBNS-TV in Columbus for their contributions to today's podcast. I'm Kate Burdett. On the Ohio News Network. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network.